This is a Brain Bites episode. We share two quick ideas we learned this week to help you leverage your brain for a better life. And always remember, make sure to hit the subscribe or follow button so that you never miss a Brain Tools episode. It's time to level up your brain. Let's get cracking. Aloha, friends. We are here for Brain Bites 22. And the way I want to start today is... I suppose reflecting upon, again, COVID-19, I know we're trying to get away from that one, but I think I noticed that a lot of people tried to learn things during that period of time to pass the time or actually put their energy or time into something that was going to reap rewards, so to speak, down the line. And one of those things that came up a lot in my friendship circles, at least, was languages. People getting back to languages they learned at school or trying to learn languages for the hopeful travel that people are were going to have eventually, which they are now, which is great. And so it, it reminded me of, I suppose, a hypothetical example and something that I've seen across my life, particularly when you do start to learn new things, especially when you do it with your friends. Um, so let's just take a hypothetical example of two people, Bob and Jane. Again, don't ask why. First names that came to my head. Let's take uh, Jane as an example. Within a few hours of learning, say Spanish, um, she can say a few sentences and she knows 15, 20 words, but she's disappointed because she feels that she should know way more than she actually does. The language intuitively comes to it. It's very simple. And because of that, she feels everyone else will find it simple. And so she should have done more. And it's a classic case of Jane underestimating her ability. Now we flip it on its head and we take Bob, Bob the Builder, he's learned two or three words, but he's amazed at his progress. He is stoked. He doesn't possess, I suppose, the knowledge or the awareness to know that he's actually mispronouncing words. Uh, The syntax and grammar of the language is completely wrong. He's probably learned the least out of the two of them and clearly has, but he thinks he's killing it. And so it's a great example of someone who's overestimating his ability. Now, what's the purpose of this hypothetical example, which you probably can relate to across many different uh, things you've tried to learn, And it's known as the Dunning-Kruger effect, also known as overconfidence bias. And it's basically a bias that happens when you lack knowledge in an area you're attempting to get good at, but then it causes you to either overestimate or underestimate your ability. And you fall into two buckets. Either A, you think you're really, really good at it, but in actuality, you suck. You don't really have enough knowledge to know when you're making mistakes, where you're making mistakes, or your collective blind spots. And so you end up overestimating your own abilities and you underestimate those of others because there's no point of comparison. You're learning in a vacuum. The second bucket, you are good, but you find the area also easy and you assume others do as well. So you discount it as a strength. It, it just comes naturally to you. And I want you to try and reflect upon those things that just come really easy to you, but you don't realize that it's not the case for others. You overestimate everyone else's abilities and you underestimate your own. And I'm reminded of a quote called Charles Darwin, which is says, ignorance more frequently begets confidence than does knowledge. And what happens in both these situations is you are blind to what you're actually good at. And you might spend time on the things that you're not good at or you're very good at accordingly. So the science is actually quite compelling. It was uh, coined in 1999 by David Dunning and Justin Kruger at Cornell University. And they coined a term called dual burden. And they basically said people that are ignorant and they're unaware that they're ignorant. Think of the person in a class that you've had at university that puts their hand up heaps, probably not giving the most constructive stuff, but they think it's fantastic as well. Not questions, by the way, that's very different. What they did, David Dunning and Justin Kruger, is they did tests in logical reasoning, humor, and grammar for a bunch of university students at Cornell. And what they found was that this dual burden took place. The bottom 25% of performers actually predicted that they'd be in the top percentile 
and the numbers are stark that if you were the 12th percentage percentile, which means you're in the obviously bottom bottom half and obviously the bottom quarter, they thought they'd be in the 62nd percentile. But the top 25% also, they predicted that their scores were to be lower. Again, a classic case of underestimating themselves. And so you see that this overconfidence bias or Dunning-Kruger effect takes place in so many different facets of our life. And so I've got three for you that you might see. The first one is work. There was a a study done um, basically around software engineering at a tech company. And they found, they basically asked, hey, what percentile do you think you're actually in or how good do you think you are? And 42% of them predicted they'd be in the top 5% of performers. That's mathematically impossible. And so for a lot of these people, they missed opportunities for self-improvement because they might've thought they were actually better than they were. Another case, uh, driving. Um, Studies show that 80% of people rate themselves as above average drivers, which is again, mathematically impossible. But what this can cause downstream is that people who aren't great drivers, they might make rash rash decisions and more likely to get into accidents. And this is a classic case of young drivers, really. Um, Less than six months of driving, they're eight times more likely to get into accidents. And political views. Again, this is something that's happened or the spotlight's been on the last five, 10 years, especially with uh, Trump, Brexit, all these different things that have happened. Um, But people who are quite vocal, say on Twitter, or on other platforms or in just a conversation, they might think they know everything about the subject, but in reality, they don't. They don't know what they don't know. And as a result, when any pushback comes through, they might get defensive. And it's very difficult to have a conversation with people who are experiencing overconfidence bias. And these are three examples. And so if we take that to something a little bit more practical on how you might be able to use this in your life, whether it's in your personal life or your work, I think I've got two that can hopefully help. The first one is simple, but it's getting feedback from those around you. Now, those people that are overconfident in area generally are a little bit more averse to getting feedback because they do think that they know more than they do. But you might want to first write down what you think you're good at and not good at, whether it's in a professional context, um, it's in your relationship, or it's just personally. And then choose five people you care about and that care about you. And you can have honest, uh, meritocratic conversations with them. And you just ask them, what do you think I'm good at? What do you think I'm bad at? And you try and get to the root cause of all these things, maybe two or three answers per each. And now if there is a disconnect between those answers, there's no patterns you can find, then potentially overconfidence bias might be playing a role, whether you are overestimating or underestimating your ability. The the second way you can do so, and I'm really mindful of this, but I'm going to call it strategic comparison of inputs. And the key thing here is to note that you don't always want to compare. And this can be really, really dangerous, especially when it comes to outcomes with so many external variables, comparing yourself to another person in your immediate environment. I think a one thing just to asterisk here is be especially mindful of comparing yourself with someone who has put in way more time and way more reps in an area. Like I'm not going to compare my investing prowess to Warren Buffett. He's been in the game for 60, 70 years. So his competence is largely going to be better than mine. But what you can do is compare the inputs. So say it is in golf, you might, instead of comparing your score, which is say you want to try and shoot break par 72 um, or 80 or 90, whatever it might be, compare the inputs and be like, okay, how many swings have I done? What are the number of sessions, coaching sessions I've done and so on and so forth? So you're tracking those things because if you really look at say Tiger Woods as an example, he's done, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, millions of swings. I'm not going to get to Tiger Woods' level simply because 
you haven't got uh, the sufficient reps to do so. It might be also with salespeople. Like, you know, if you're a junior salesperson and you're trying to get there, think of the reps who's uh, of someone who's a senior salesperson that's been to hundreds and hundreds of meetings. So if you at least strategically track the inputs, then it gives you a platform to then think, okay, what do I need to try and get better at? What am I actually good at? How do I go about leveraging these things in everyday life? And so what you're able to do as a result of being aware of overconfidence bias is you're more likely to be able to choose a direction, a goal, a thing that matters to you that works to your strengths and aligns to your interests. Because at the end of the day, when it comes to really actualizing anything of some significance, and this is maybe just a personal belief, you want to make sure that you're leveraging your strengths in certain areas and being mindful of your blind spots and obviously covering them accordingly. Now, that was a little bit of a longer Brain Bites um, 22, but I hope you found that useful and we will see you for another Brain Tools episode, a main episode coming up on crisis management in the next couple of days. We hope you love this Brain Bites episode. If you wanted to support us, the best way is to add a screenshot of it to your Insta story or share it in a WhatsApp group with friends or share the link to someone who you think might benefit from it. We'll see you next time.